Welcome to another edition of Between Two Fames right here on cliffcentral.com with myself, Mabale Molloy, and my partner in crime, Aspasia Karras, jet-setting as always. Um, I was just saying to Klubin Boya outside, you know, the life, the lifestyle of a fashion magazine editor. She's in France. Uh, I was meant to be Skyping with her today, but uh, she's offline. We can't seem to get a hold of her. Maybe she's had all that good French wine go to her head and do all sorts of like wonderful things to her. We don't know. So um, for the moment, um, I'm going to be taking care of you throughout this next hour. And uh, I'm going to get straight into the women's news. There's a lot that's been happening in, in the news this week. Um, I'm going to begin with a story that actually, I mean, the, the story first broke about two days ago, um, if I remember correctly. And it's basically about how the men in the South African army have been labeled as the worst sex pests in the world. Um, the report was released by the UN Office of Internal Oversight Services. And basically what the report states is that uh, the three countries whose soldiers are most abusive in terms of sex crimes against women in this order, in third place, Nigeria, uh, then followed by Uruguay in second place, and then unfortunately South Africa being named first place in that in that poll. So not good news for South Africa at all. The damning revelation is made alongside allegations that the UN allegedly tried to cover up the sexual abuse of women and children in the Central African Republic by French peacekeepers in 2014. Um, a lot of soldiers from different parts of the world, different countries of the world, uh, have been deployed to, uh, to deal with missions in the, in the, in the DRC. And unfortunately, it would seem that some of the, the men in our service are behaving very badly there. And as I mentioned, this story kind of broke a couple of days ago. And then just this morning, uh, the army um, sort of made a statement in the news saying, no, hang on, actually, they question these uh, sex bullying allegations. And I guess they're trying to say that we shouldn't necessarily believe everything that we read immediately. I don't know if it means that some kind of investigation will be uh, done to, to try and get to the bottom of this. But uh, that's that's unfortunately one of the stories. Again, not not making us look bad, you know, in terms in, in terms of, of of a country. And then there's an interesting story that I came across coming out of Australia. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with what with the term seeding when you seed your baby. Um, now it, it is a well known fact that babies who are born naturally are exposed to a whole a whole range of beneficial bacteria while they move down the birth canal. And um, when when women who have a C-section, their babies do not have this benefit of passing through the birth canal and then being exposed to all of these um, different types of bacteria, which, you know, are not harmful to the baby as far as I understand. So now there is a new trend among mothers who are giving birth through C-section. And basically what they're doing is that they're requesting that their babies be covered in their sterile vaginal fluid immediately after birth because they're trying to replicate this process of a natural childbirth where the baby passes through the birth canal, gets exposed to the fluid there. And, you know, because of a C-section, these babies don't get to have these benefits. And so this is, they're calling it seeding to seed your baby. And it's basically uh, women insisting. And as I said, this trend coming out of Australia for the moment, uh, women insisting that their babies born of a C-section uh, be bathed in their vaginal fluid immediately after birth. 
um, you know, I, I tell you, the, you, you hear all sorts, all kinds of stories. And then, um, another story, uh, in the news I saw just, uh, just walking in here, Bobby Christina is apparently being moved to a different facility. I mean, I remember when this uh, story first broke a couple of months ago, a lot of people were very concerned and a lot of us were saying, you know, oh, well, shame, Bobby Christina, it's not looking so good for her. She's probably going to be, you know, in a vegetative state for the rest of her life. And then there were, you know, all types of gossip, uh, reports insinuating that the, the family were going to, let her go by taking her off life support. And then just today, I saw that there's a story in the news about how she's being moved to some kind of rehab facility. Um, I still don't know what the, you know, what the state of her condition is, um, you know, in terms of whether or not she gets, she will make a recovery. But, um, yeah, the, the Browns and the Houstons, I guess, uh, remain to be in the spotlight. And, uh, the latest on that front, Bobby Christina being moved to a rehab facility. So, uh, that's going to be the women's news edition for today. Uh, coming up next, I am going to be joined by Louise Meek, who is the founding director of Public Access Consulting. Uh, these guys are doing great work. They, you know, um, her company is basically going around the city, uh, trying to get free Wi-Fi access to all of us. Um, and this is, of course, this needs to be a big drive in our country because, you know, these, these are the kind of benefits that first world countries or people in first world countries get to enjoy is, f- uh, access to free wifi wherever you are. So we're going to be talking to Louise Meek, the founder director of public access consulting. And then I've also got Faye Bala joining us in studio this afternoon. She's a biokineticist from EMSTT and we're going to be talking about this e- electro muscle Gosh, I don't even know what it's called, but Faye, Faye is going to explain it to, is, is going to, you know, help us understand what the actual process is. It's basically where they hook you up to these, to these wires and currents, electric currents run through your muscles. And they say that all you need is, is a 20 minute session to work out and you get the benefits of like, uh, an hour long session for four consecutive days or something to that effect. But as I said, that's the reason why Faye, Faye is here. We're going to be talking about that. Uh, so uh, stick with us right here on Between Two Fems. Between Two Femmes on ClipCentral.com with myself, Mabale Muloy, running solo today. My partner in crime, Aspasia, is away in France. Um, so she's having a good time. And uh, you know what? Heck, I'm having a good time as well. I've got Louise Meek joining me in studio. She is the founding director of Public Access Consulting. Louise, good afternoon. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having us on the show. Now, um, tell us a little bit about Public Access Consulting. I mean, what is your core business what are you guys doing? When did you launch? <laughs> sure. Well, it started off as just a business idea in January this year. So public access was basically an idea that uses Wi-Fi connectivity to run market research and connect clients with consumers and, and probably more importantly than that, connecting city managers with city residents and creating two-way conversations. So the spin-out from that was actually a smart bench called Isabelo, which is... Um, a Wi-Fi-enabled solar-powered smart bench, and it's got four USB charging points. And basically the idea would be that we position Isabelo benches in public spaces in and around the city and just try and create vibrant public spaces on the one hand where people can just enjoy free Wi-Fi and charge up their phones. And right. then on the other hand, 
um, actually try and conduct quite valuable market research. So if the city of Joburg wants to upgrade a square, for example, they could actually ask people that use the square on a regular basis, how would you like this to be improved? People can give feedback, and then as a result, they can actually creates city environments that we actually want. So that's really the idea behind it. I don't know if, if, if you've discovered anything from your research in terms of how far along we are as a country in terms of free Wi-Fi access, because, you know, you often hear about uh, projects, for example, in, in Swani. They, they've mm-hmm. got a huge drive there with regards to getting free Wi-Fi to the public. Um, you know, you we, we heard stories about how they were trying to make uh, commuters in, 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 in taxis have access to Wi-Fi. I mean, have you sort of delved into this part of your research to try and and discover just how far along we are as a country in terms of getting to be on par with, you know, the first world nations? Hmm. I think, yeah, pretty much every city in South Africa now has a digital strategy in terms of digitizing cities. So I think Tswane is well on their way and Joburg's not far behind. So I know from a government perspective, there is a huge initiative to do this. I think where where we're really trying to play is in public spaces and using the bench as a place-making tool. So it's not just blanket Wi-Fi over a space. It's actually a place where people can sit down next to each other. The name of the bench is Isabella, and it means to share. And it's not just about sharing online. It's sharing spaces together, sharing seats, um, sharing the bench. So So it's actually about trying to get people to connect with each other in public spaces and and, and really create social connections on the ground as well as obviously online. So there, there have been some really nice soft impacts as a result of the bench being placed in public spaces. And how did the idea of the bench come about? I mean, take me through the process of the, you know, the, the idea when it came and then the process of actually implementing it and how long it took obstacles and challenges and that kind of thing that you had to deal with to get to this point. Well, I'm a marketer by, by trade, so I come from a marketing background. And obviously, before any brand does anything, they do a huge amount of market research to understand their consumer, what their needs are, and how they can launch the product into the market. Um, more recently, I've become fascinated with cities and how people sort of move through cities and how our cities in Africa will develop over the next 20, 30 years with urbanization, climate change. Sustainable, it's sustainable week this week in South Africa. And I think, um, it's kind of trying to put together all those pieces. And I think the, the thing that I found quite interesting is the limited amount of market research that cities do before they implement billion rand projects, whether it be Rio Via or whatever it might be. I think there's a huge civic engagement piece that's missing. And essentially what this bench allows us to do is to actually ask people, how would you like to see this work? How much would you pay? What route would you want? You know, it's actually just a platform to start a conversation before we spend the money. So it's kind of like a planning tool that can help cities speak to the public and brands speak to their consumers, whatever it might be. That's the, the channel and the platform. And how long did the process take? Uh, so it was a business idea in January. And then we were very lucky. We entered a competition called the Green City Startup, which was funded by the city of Joburg and UJ. And through that, we we managed to secure some seed capital in in March this year. And that's allowed us to start prototyping. So our first bench went into Maboneng in, in May. So that's been great. And so how many more of these of these benches can we look forward to? Are they suddenly going to be popping up all over the place in all major cities? <laughs> I certainly hope I so. I mean, we hope that that's, that that's the ultimate goal and plan, right? Yeah. Um, so right now the prototype is made out of plywood. And it's really just a cheap sort of minimal viable product just to see how the the market sort of responds to it. And then what we're doing at the moment is actually 
building a concrete mold and the, the final bench will actually be set in concrete. It's quite permanent. It also allows us to keep all the infrastructure like the solar, the batteries. There's quite a lot of stuff that is quite precious that needs to go in there. And obviously from a vandalism point of view, we, we hope that the concrete can kind of protect us oh, gosh, in that way. Yeah. You know, you've got to, you've got to keep, you've got to have that in the back of your mind is mm. how do you protect this thing once it's been erected and it's there? Yeah. And how do you stop people from, from ruining it. Yeah, so back in January, we actually, I met with um, two excellent designers. Um, they're from Dr. and Mrs., which is a top um, design company in Joburg. And that was actually the design challenge. So how do we, how do we actually look at the context of African cities and make sure that, you know, everything from temperature to vandalism to just how our public spaces are, are quite chaotic and quite different to I suppose the traditional public space you would imagine in, in New York or something like that. And we're just looking at how we can, yeah, almost use our context to, to allow for a design that really works. So that's why the bench looks the way it does, which is quite unconventional, I think, in terms of your classic bench. It's not that. And I, I mean, I'm interested to know, you know, you mentioned the research that you, that you've been doing in how South Africa and other, um, you know, African countries are going to become more urbanized and how that picture is going to look over the years. I mean, what, what if, what have you guys been able to, um, to find out, uh, uh, you know, now in terms of, um, how, how, how we're on, you know, are we moving on track with, with, with that whole thing? Uh, how much longer do you think, uh, before we see some major changes? I mean, you often hear stories about how all these massive fiber op- optic cables are being mm. laid down on, in, on different parts of the continent and you think, oh, well, well, that's that's encouraging. That that means mm. progress surely is coming just around the corner. Yeah, I, I think the big the the big thing really is access. So yes, there is a lot of cable going down. You know, there's a lot of stuff happening in Africa, which is hugely positive. And I think um, when it comes to the sort of lower to middle class consumers, a lot of us can't afford data. It is expensive, mm. and, and even though it's there, we might not necessarily want to pay for it, or we can't pay for it. So it's really using these benches as a way to provide more access to more people. And interestingly, actually, in Maboneng, it's been so funny. The school kids that hang out there after school, it's just unbelievable. Oh, so, I'm sure. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> in their blazers, and they're sitting there on their phones downloading music and probably not researching anything for their homework, but I'm hoping that they are because that's why it's there. But, um, yeah, I think there, there's just huge benefit to, you know, lowering the barriers to accessing information. Long term and in the greater scheme of things, is this is this something that you would like to take to the rest of the continent? You know, uh, move it past our borders here at home. Yeah, I mean, I think part of the reason why we designed it in a sustainable way is that it can essentially stand off the grid, so it doesn't rely on any other energy besides the solar power. So it powers up during the day, and then it can continue working at night. There is also a light on the bench just for urban security and sort of making you feel more comfortable at night. And the USB charging points and the Wi-Fi powers on through the night. So we've got batteries in place to sort of allow that to happen. So the idea is whether it's a small village, a square in a big city, it doesn't really matter. This bench can, as long as there's sunshine, we can we yeah. can put it down. And I think that's one thing Africa doesn't really have to worry about. So I mean, you've now just painted this picture of all these school kids who go there to, to the one in Maboning and they kind of hang around there. But I mean, in terms of, uh, you, you know, you mentioned USB ports and that kind of thing. In terms of it being a multi-purpose um, tool, I, I mean, how many people could it cater to in, in any one sitting, you know, with, with the USB ports and the this and the that? So in terms of charging your phones, we only have four USB ports. Okay. So you can have four people charging their phones. 
Um, our maximum so far has been 52 people logged on at the same time. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> and I think really depending on the location that you put the bench, that could go up considerably more. I think it just depends on how many people are walking past and are interested. So, yeah, we just have a Wi-Fi router that can cater to that capacity and it's fine. It could go right up. <laughs> and um, in terms of your plans going forward, um, where are you likely to then have the next bench pop up or be erected? So we're looking at a few locations in the inner city in Johannesburg. Uh, we're also quite far down the line with conversations in Cape Town, also in the inner city or CBD in Cape Town. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely Joburg and Cape Town first. We're also eyeing out KZN. So we'll just see. But the idea is really any public space with sunshine could be an option. And, I, you know, you mentioned that this is, um, you know, this all started with, with, with you doing research in terms of cities. But I'm wondering if this isn't something that can also be moved into remote areas in the country. I mean, that, that, is that something that, that you've considered as well? Yeah, so it's still very early stages, but we are looking at um, a pilot in KZN that would actually allow us to test that out. So pretty rural. As long as there's um, cell phone signal and as long as... There's sunshine, we can do it. So I think that'll that'll be a test, hopefully, in the next few months that we put into market. Okay. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us this afternoon, Louise Meek, founder of Public Access Consulting, uh, talking about the Isabelo bench. Uh, basically, it's a it's it is a bench, you know. In 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 uh, f- for all intents, it is a bench, but um, it's it's progressive in that it allows uh, large groups of people to convene and to get access to free Wi-Fi and to charge their phones and that kind of thing. Uh, the pilot, uh, the prototype, rather launched in Maboning Precinct. It is still there, so you yes. can. Um, do, where where specifically do you know? Like, can you give us an idea of where? Yeah. So if you know the corner of Kruger and Fox, which is what they term the heart of Maboning, <laughs> it's got that hanging sign saying Maboning right next to there. Okay. So it's, it's right in the heart of Maboning. And yeah, if anyone wants to see what we look like, you can just follow us on Twitter. It's Isabello underscore Wi-Fi, and you'll be able to access visuals of what the bench looks like and. What we're doing. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Uh, we wish you all the best because this is, this is a great initiative and it is a great project and we keep complaining about access to free, free Wi-Fi in mm-hmm. our cities in this country. So, um, we hope that you guys are very successful, uh, with this project going forward. Thanks so much. Thanks Louise for having Meek, us. Thank you so much for joining us on Between Two Fems, cliffcentral.com. <laughs> Get a taste of the Republic of Extra Cold at the Embassy event on the 27th of June at Nasrick, Johannesburg. This epic event will raise the flag for extraordinary experiences with Boys and Bucks, Casper Vest, and many more. With only 4,000 tickets on offer, get yours now for only 200 rand at CompuTicket or visit castlelight.co.za for more information on the coolest event this winter. Unlock Extra Cold Refreshment. Enjoy responsibly. Not for sale to persons under the age of 18. This is Between Two Femmes with myself, Mabale Muloy, on cliffcentral.com. I've got Faye Bala joining me now in studio. Faye is a biokineticist with EMSTT. Faye, good afternoon. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me, Aspasi. Ah, Mabali, I'm so... (laughs) You know what? I had it so geared up that Aspasi was going to be here. Yes. And now she's sitting in France. She is sitting somewhere in France having a good time. Maybe drinking way too much wine and having good food. <laughs> I'm not sure what the weather's like at this time of the year, though. But um, yeah, she's she's away in France, so I'm running solo this afternoon. 
but yeah, Faye, thank you for joining us this afternoon. Now you're with EMSTT, which is Electro Muscle Stimulation Therapy and Training. Sounds quite daunting, doesn't it? <laughs> it sounds like something they might have used back in the day on prisoners to try and get them to talk. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, it's nowhere near as bad as that. Okay. It's basically just We've got a machine which stimulates all the muscles throughout your body while you exercise. And because of the way it stimulates the muscles and all the muscles are working at the same time, it makes any exercise session a lot more intense than what it normally would be. But you are running actual electric currents through my muscles. Yes, we are. Is that safe? It is safe. <laughs> it, <laughs> it has been used for many years by physios for uh, rehabilitation purposes. Okay. But now they've brought it into a full body sort of suit, which then you can exercise with it and get all the muscles working rather than the small little units that physios used to use, which would only stimulate a single muscle at a time. Okay. Now, where did this actually, I mean, where does it originate from? Where does the technology originate from, the idea? You say that they've been using it um, for rehabilitative purposes in physio. How old is this technique? Technique. Um. As far as I know, they've been using it back in the 60s, 70s for physio purposes, but it is fairly recent in terms of the general exercise and fitness industry. Okay. And the equipment that we are using is designed in Germany, and it's basically been used over there for about the past couple of years um, with lots of elite athletes. There's the German Bundesliga using it for their training as well. Ah, okay. So... It is something that has been around for a little while, but it's fairly new to South Africa. So we're trying to introduce it over here, try and get everyone aware of what it is and what the benefits are, that sort of thing. Now, as is the case with a lot of things that are new in the country, uh, we usually can expect to spend quite a bit of change. You know, it, I'm, I'm imagining that this isn't something that comes cheap. It isn't, but you'd need to be in mind that it is every training session that you do with us is supervised by either a qualified biokineticist or qualified sports scientist, depending on the branch that you go to. Okay. And the session is fully, fully tailored to whatever your needs are. Because of the intensity of the session, you don't need to really, if it's for strengthening, you don't need to do it more than once a week. And for weight loss, not more than twice a week. So if you're comparing it to maybe people who are seeing a personal trainer three, four times a week, it's actually very cheap in comparison. Okay. Now you mentioned if it's, if it's, if it's for strengthening, if it's for weight loss. I mean, it sounds like you can, you could use this, this technique and this technology for different uh, purposes. Yes. So we basically tailor the program that we use and the exercises that we use according to what you need. So that's why we've got the biokinetic assistant sports scientists around there so that they can assess and see what you need, what your goals are, where you'd like to see yourself after the sessions that you are doing. And then we adjust the settings according to that and tell you how many you'd need. But it's generally not more than two a week that you'd need. And, I mean, I, I paint the picture here for me. I arrive and then you put me in the suit. I mean, well, what, what does it all look like? Is this like this big, massive suit with, you know, do I end up looking like a, like an astronaut? And you've got these wires coming out of me <laughs> and I'm hooked up onto some big machine and it's all loud and noisy. Okay, so it's actually <laughs> not really a very big machine. Okay. It's fairly small. 
you are hooked up onto the machine and we do put you in a little bit of a suit with wires coming out. Okay. When you're hooked up to the machine, a lot of ladies have told me, ooh, it feels like I'm in a corset because we do tighten it a little bit while you're training. All right. And most guys that have come in that I've treated, when they see themselves in it, they're like, oh, it looks like I'm coming in for SWAT training. <laughs> so <laughs> oh, okay. that gives you a little bit of an idea, but right. it's... Really not a big heavy suit or anything like that. It's just so that the electrodes can be against your skin so that it can stimulate the muscles. I mean, if you've never had an electric current running through your muscles before, and you know, I, I might be a little bit nervous that I'm going to get there and I'm going to experience immense pain. So let's just talk, <laughs> let's just talk about how, what this feels like. Okay, so normally when you come in for your first session, we start it off slowly so that you can get used to <laughs> okay. the sensation. So at first it will feel like a little bit of a tickle more than anything. More than a jolt. Yeah, it won't really feel like a jolt because we do start off very low and we only take the intensity up as far as you can handle. So we aren't going to give you this huge electric jolt, that sort of thing. Okay. And as we take it up, you'll feel a bit more of a contraction in your muscle. And it's basically the same type of contraction that you would get while you're exercising. So it feels like the muscle tensing up and then it releases. So that's basically the feeling that you get. Now, Faye, we've been conditioned to believe that, you know, if, for, for example, if you're trying to lose weight, um, you know, it's, it's a mathematical equation. It's calories taken in versus calories that you're burning. And it's, I'm finding it a little bit difficult to, to see how I'm actually burning calories just by being hooked onto this machine and having an electric current run through my muscles. Because a- am I really burning any calories? Well, burning calories, at rest, you're burning calories anyway. Right. It's just that with exercise, the more work your body is doing, the more calories you will be burning. So with the EMS machine, what we do is, because it's stimulating all the muscles, so if you think about it, if you're doing an exercise in the gym with your arms, only your arms are working. Right, if you're lifting weights or you're bench pressing or whatever. Yeah, so you're doing some dumbbell curls or something like that, only your arms are working. Where with the EMS machine, what happens is we give you exercises while you're hooked up to the machine. So your arms are still working when you're doing that exercise, but your entire body is also, all the muscles in your body are contracting at the same time. So instead of just having one or two muscles contracting, you've got every muscle contracting. So they're all working and burning more calories at any given time. And we've also got where with the different programs, We've got the one setting which basically stimulates the muscles to pulse at a rate which boosts your metabolism even after you've stopped exercising. So it keeps sort of pulsing for a couple of hours afterwards. Oh, yeah, that's that's the same theory that they give with um, with strength training and weight training exercises is, you know, even once you're done with your workout, um, your muscles are still working for up to 48 hours after yes. the fact. So, so then th- this technique would also have the same effect on your muscles. Yes, it does. Okay. Um, Okay, now you mentioned for weight loss purposes, twice a week is sufficient. You know, again, I'm finding it a little bit difficult here to, to see how this works because, you know, you'll often hear a doctor saying, oh, well, you know, exercise, you should be exercising every day, at least get half an hour in every day, every single day of your life. <laughs> um, so why do I only need two, two sessions with, with this technique? Okay, so ideally you do want to exercise every day. Yes. But with this, it's catered more to people who are on a time crunch and Obviously, we've got a lot of people nowadays where even getting to the gym once a week is a problem. So trying to get them to exercise five, seven days a week is is asking too much. Yeah, it's (laughs) just asking too much. So with the EMS training, because of the intensity of it, you can kind of get that exercise session in where it's very intense 
in that short session and it at least helps you with the strengthening in your body. If you're doing once a week with a strengthening program, it helps you with the strengthening and maintains that muscle tone, helps you build a little bit of muscle in that time, build strength. It evens out any imbalances you've got in your muscles as well. Mm-hmm. And with that, it basically just, it helps with people who are in a time crunch and don't have a lot of time to get out to the gym for an hour every day, that sort of thing. But with the EMS, you can also, if you want to, you can go to the gym on the days that you aren't doing EMS. It doesn't interfere with any other training that you are doing. Okay. So we do have clients as well who come in where they're using it to supplement their athletic training. So whichever sport they are doing, they use it to get the strength in balance for whatever sport they are doing. Um, one of our team members, Michael Flax, mentioned that he actually tried out this technique. And he said that um, the the next day, and for at least two days after that, he basically couldn't move. <laughs> yeah, the first time you get on the machine, it is quite intense. Okay. Um, because you, you do keep talking about this intensity, so like break it down for us. Am I am I going to be able to get into my car and drive around for the next day? <laughs> okay, you will be able to get into your car and drive around. Okay. But because it's something that's completely new to your body, it's not something that if you haven't been training in this way. It's something that your body needs to adapt a little bit to. And that first session, you will be a little bit stiff All right. about two days afterwards. Okay. Um, Faye, let's, let's look at the safety aspects of this. First of all, can anybody use this, this technique, this method of training? For example, can a 15-year-old who plays rugby come in and say, I want one of those and they can use it safely? And then can my grandmother, who's 80-something... <laughs> Yes, okay. you know, can she come in and say, yeah, I'd like a bit of that? Can anybody use this technique? Well, there are a few cases which we can't use it. So if you do have any um, pacemakers and that sort of thing, mm. it's not advisable. But other than that, if it is a teenager wanting to come in and train, your 15-year-old that you said, they can come in and train. We just don't push the intensity as high up or we cater it to what they need at that stage in their life. Um, at the same time, with older people, we do... It is safe for them to use as well because it helps. It's actually very good for older people because it helps to strengthen the muscles, but it's extremely low impact. Oh. So you can put a lot of load on the muscles and strengthen up as much as you want to, but you don't need to put extra load as if you're lifting a weight in the gym. And safety-wise, because, because you aren't lifting those heavy weights, the risk of a weight falling on your foot or something like that is a lot less as well. And what kind of exercises do you then have clients do once they're strapped into the suit and they've got the current running through them? I mean, are they doing squats and, you know, bicep curls? What, what are you actually doing in, in that process while, while this is happening? Yeah, so we basically do a variation of exercises and we focus on it depending on if someone is to focus on a specific area, then we will focus on that area. But we like try and balance maximus. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which is so, a great area of concern <laughs> for some of us. <laughs> so we try and give it a bit of balance as well though. So we try and target every single muscle group within each session, but we will focus on certain areas if that's what you'd like. Um, with that, the type of exercises we do are simple. We tailor it according to the person's fitness levels as well. Okay. So if it's someone who's coming in and hasn't exercised before, then we'll basically just start them off with simple exercises that are easy to do, but we turn up the intensity with the machine. If it's someone who's used to doing a lot of exercise and they know what's going on in the gym, they've been to the gym for years, then we will start pushing them a little bit more, giving them more challenging exercises to do 
things like, I mean, we'll start off with little things like squats and bicycles, as you said. Right. But as someone gets better and fitter or they are more uh, used to gym training, then we'll start giving them things like burpees while they're on the machine or things that will challenge them a little bit more. Now, I want to go back to this thing of anybody being able to use this type of training. Um, I mean, if you have somebody who is, say, morbidly obese, uh, walk in and say, you know, it, it hurts my joints too much to do any kind of physical exercise right now. I can't walk. I can't run. This sounds like something that would be a good place for me to start. I come here, you know, you shock my muscles and it, it, it all sounds good. I mean, would that, would that work in that instance for somebody in that condition? It would, because with someone being morbidly obese, they need to avoid things which would put extra um, impact on their joints because of the extra weight that they are carrying. Yeah. So with this, we can do the exercises where your movements are slightly less, um, you don't move as far out or as much depending on what your movement patterns are like and what you are capable of. So we always tailor the exercise according to what you are capable of, and we won't push you harder than you can manage. So... You can still get the full benefit of the exercise program, but we'll give it to you according to what you can do. You also mentioned that um, there needs to be a biokineticist to administer the actual session or to oversee the session. Uh, I mean, why, why, why is that? Well, there doesn't necessarily need to be a biokineticist, but we've, with our company, we've decided from the start that we want to have it where everyone is getting the best quality that they can. So with having our Center of Excellence has two biokineticists, myself and Roger, who are training our clients, and our studio in the south has a sports scientist. So we made sure that our trainers are fully qualified. They know exactly what to look for, how to assess the client, see what the client needs, and see how to go about doing things because we don't want to end up with um, where we start training someone and there's something they shouldn't be doing and we do it with them, that sort of thing. So okay. that's why we've got people who are fully qualified and know exactly what they can do with certain clients, what they can't do with certain clients. And then with you guys specifically, um, with your company, because you mentioned that this this type of training uh, or this technique is kind of new in South Africa. Um, so how many – so do you have gyms, right? You've got gyms set up all over the place. How many of those do you have currently? At the moment in Gauteng, we've got two, which is one in Parkview and one in – uh, Alberton. Okay. And then Cape we Town, are, Durban? We are still trying to branch out to the rest of the country. Okay, so very, and very new then. Yeah. And what has the response been like? Because, you know, I, I, I can imagine initially people are like, mm, I don't know what this is about. This this sounds a little bit weird. Uh, but, you know, do, do you have people kind of coming in and saying, okay, let me give this a try? Yeah. A lot of the time people are skeptical at first because it is something that just sounds a little bit too out there for them. <laughs> But generally, we've had a very good response from it. Most of our clients who've come in, if not all of our clients that have come in, are quite happy with their training. They love it. They carry on. And, yeah, they just love the fact that they can get a full training session in such a short period of time. And at this stage, is there any data that people can sort of go try and find online to see you know with like before and after pictures for example i mean if you're sitting there thinking okay I, i'd like to lose some weight and maybe this is something that i can look into but you know we also need to know that we're not wasting our money and that, that this, this thing works i mean can is there any way that we can go and try and find out you know if, if really if 
I'm going to be wasting my time or there's at the moment we don't have any before and after pics, but we will have some soon because we are running a 12 week body transformation challenge oh. starting at the end of this month. Okay, tell me more about that. And with this challenge, we are actually working in conjunction with a dietitian. Okay. So with the challenge, you will be doing depending on your choice, you can do one session or two sessions a week. Okay. And also having assessments with the dietitian. Having her go through your diet with you, see that everything is correct on that side. And with a combination of the two, we definitely think we definitely will see results with the training. And we'll, for the transformation challenge, we will definitely have before and after pictures. Okay. So, I mean, if, if I wanted to be, if I wanted to take part in this or I wanted to be involved in some way or sign up, how do I, how do I go about doing that? Well, you can go and have a look at our Facebook page. It's EMSTT or else you can go to our website which is www.emstt.com. Okay, fantastic. Um, sure. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I don't know, hey? I'd love to give it a try, actually. Yeah, you should come in and give it a try and see what it's like. <laughs> it's a pity Aspasia isn't here because she's actually given it a try. Oh, hash, oh well, you see. <laughs> um, at the very least, I would love to give it a try and, you know, just to, just, just to find out that whole sensation of having an electric current run through your body. I mean, if it's not something that you've ever experienced before, it kind of sounds a little bit intimidating. Yeah, it's something that's very difficult to explain until you've actually tried it. <laughs> So you said it sounds it's it feels more like being tickled than actually having as, like being shocked. <laughs> it doesn't feel like you're being shocked. Okay. As we start off the the uh, stimulation, we start off very low, and it does feel more like a tickle than anything. Okay. But then it goes into an actual contraction, so you don't feel like you're getting shocked. It just feels like your muscle is tightening up. Okay. All right. Fantastic. Faye Bala from EMSTT. Thank you very much for joining me this afternoon. Thanks for having me. Yeah. I will be popping around to, uh, what do you say? Park. Park view. Park view. Yeah. I think, uh, I think I'll come in for a session and at the very least give it a try. Uh, but yeah, thank you so much for joining us this afternoon on Between Two Fans right here on cliffcentral.com. We're back again with you next week, Thursday, for another edition of Between Two Frames right here on cliffcentral.com. Um, if you'd like to get in touch with any of the other shows uh, on our lineup, don't forget you can always call in anytime, 0861-555-189. You can also uh, send your messages straight, straight through to our WeChat account, Cliff Central. And you can reach us on our Twitter account at cliffcentral.com as well. Gareth and Kluby coming up next. And remember to also check out our revamped website, cliffcentral.com, uh, for the, all the latest on podcast downloads and uh, just to catch up with everything that we've got lined up for you. So uh, back with you again next week. Cliffcentral.com.